Reading from Mark chapter 13, the verse 24, the coming of the Son of Man. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. So far the reading. Topic, our Bible reading this evening, our sermon is our Lord is coming. Our Lord is coming, we know this, we confess this. But there's still so much that we don't understand because we live in this dispensation. But the most important question that we need to ask is why are we sometimes living if the return of Jesus is far away? Sometimes we live, especially in times of adversity, if the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is not part of our life, if it's something far in the future, yes, we don't know the time, we don't know the day, the hour, but the Lord told us He's coming. We groan, we complain, and sometimes it is if we bear the world upon our shoulders. We need to be excited, full of anticipation, living as the children of the kingdom of God, expecting our king to rule with him in full eternity. The Apostle Peter encouraged the first readers, the Christians, in that letter to be holy, to seek their identity in the risen Christ, to have faith and hope in God. And they suffered much persecution. And he said, believers are different because of the risen Jesus. Because they are born again through the living and abiding word of God. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. And he told them that this world and suffering is only temporary. But the word of God remains forever. And even though you will be persecuted, go through trials, Christians should rejoice because we expect our king. And he told us this is not our world. Our king is heaven, in heaven. We are citizens of the kingdom of God and our Lord is coming. Last week we discussed the tribulation. Our Lord Jesus told us that that will be the darkest of all time. Jesus said, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now, and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he chose, he shortened the days. 
And Jesus used the word tribulation, a term that the Jews knew to describe how terrible things would be. Verse 19, For on those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. No one would survive, it means, but his elect would be protected. This evening, Jesus showed for his grace the period after the tribulation. The events that will introduce the coming of the Son of Man and that we need to rejoice that our King is coming. The Word of God just, re- reveal, just reveals enough to be ready to wait in anticipation for the coming of our King, the Son of Man. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming and He is the Son of Man. Why did Jesus call Himself the Son of Man in verse 26? This is how Jesus revealed Himself. Also, Revelation 1 verse 13, the Apostle John saw someone like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. And Jesus himself frequently used this term. But the most important is to establish that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy given to Daniel. Daniel 7 verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before me. Jesus is Lord. And the son of man above else is a heavenly figure. And it emphasizes the origin, the majesty, the dignity of this ruler who rules over all things forevermore. And when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, he was identifying that he is the heavenly figure of Daniel 7. Jesus emphasized his heavenly origin. And moreover, Jesus revealed that he is the king who will reign forevermore and that he is coming again. Therefore, there must be no doubt in our minds on who we should expect. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. We expect our Lord and Jesus, King Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the all-powerful one, the Son of Man, fulfillment of all the prophecies. And when he returns, at that moment, it will be the end of all things. Up to now, Jesus emphasized that it wasn't the end. That there would be still things to happen. For example, Mark 13 verse 10, that a gospel should be proclaimed to all nations. That the disciples and the church of all times had to know that they can't be spectators just waiting. No, they need to proclaim the gospel. They can't be people who just jump to the end of time. Before our Lord comes again, the word should be proclaimed. That's our task. What we should do until our Lord Jesus Christ comes. But in our passage, this has ended. The 
time to proclaim the gospel has ended because the king is coming. The elect's number is completed. The time that the Lord has appointed has come. And our Lord Jesus Christ will come from heaven bodily and visibly as he ascended with great glory and majesty. This is now the end. The end of all our problems. All our work. The end of all things. And Jesus will come to make all things new. And when he comes, there will be no more tears in all eternity. Because death shall be no more. There will be no more need for doctors and ambulances. <coughs> and Jesus' promise in Matthew 5 verse 4 will be fulfilled. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. No more thirst. Revelation 21 verse 6, to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. God will always be with us. Our worship will be fulfilled. Every moment, every hour, God will be with us. What Jesus also promised in Psalm 22 to David, also the groaning on the cross where he said, My Lord, why have thou, thou forsaken me? They will all be completed and the Lord will be with us in the fullness of time. You will never experience loneliness anymore. God will be with us all the time. But it's so important that we ask ourselves this question. Why do we sometimes live if the return of Jesus is still far away? We are still so invested in this life. And although we know that we have a calling to proclaim the gospel, we sometimes live if the return of our Lord Jesus Christ is vague and unreal. We groan, we are concerned about many things. We get depressed about the world, the attacks of Satan. We are concerned about the terrible things that are happening in the world and our country. The wars that are happening. And if you watch the news, it's terrible with Palestine, Hamas now in a war against Israel. The terrible images that are seen right through the world. Our Lord is coming. This is what it means. But we shouldn't be so concerned about this, almost at the brink of despair. Because we need to remember the principle of our mass passage. We also read in verses 24 to 25 that before Jesus returns, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened. The moon will give, not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in heaven will be shaken. And all these things that would ha will happen, but also the things that are happening now in our time, in my life, your life, they are all part of Jesus' return. And this is the key to understand what is happening in world history. Remember how the apostles proclaim that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1 to 5. 
There will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Also Peter in 2 Peter 3 verse 3 to 4, knowing that first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the father fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. All these signs are signs of our Lord that's coming. We don't know the time of his return, but in the same way, you can see a car coming on a dirt road. Long before it appears, you can know that car is coming. The car is not separated from the dust. And so are the signs and all these things proclaimed through the word, the signs of our Lord's coming. It's not separated from his second coming. Peter told us that not many will expect him, especially the unbelievers and scoffers. Peter explained 2 Peter 3 verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly body, bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done will be exposed. Exactly what Jesus told them in Mark 13. And when Jesus does return, he will come at a time that surprised many because they didn't expect our Lord, the foolish virgins. <coughs> And the ultimate result of his coming will be a total transformation of this present world. And the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. God could destroy the earth again as he did in the days of Noah. But he also revealed and promised to deal with this world with fire, according to Peter, not flooding. Still, there's nothing to be afraid of. When you are in Jesus, it's joy, for we are waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises. The new heaven, the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Jesus is coming. And all that are happening in the world is part of God's plan to fulfill world history. His kingdom is coming in its fulfillment and therefore all the disasters, all the earthquakes, all the floods, also this war that has started between Israel and Hamas, they are all part of the Lord's plan. But also the adversity in your life is God who is busy to write the pages of history. God is not apart from what is happening, but He's fully in control. And the future and the fulfillment of history will not be tomorrow or one day in the future, but it is happening in the Lord's plan. Everything is coming in fulfillment. 
And it started already when Jesus came the first time to be the Son of Man. The fulfillment of all prophecies. What God begins, He will complete. We read this in Psalm 138 verse 8. The Lord will fulfill the purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. King David knew that God had a plan concerning him. And this God of goodness would perfect and fulfill that plan. David knew that God would never forsake him. And he who belongs to God by creation and redemption. And then Jesus told us in Mark 13 verse 27. And then he will send down the angels and gather his elect from the four winds. From the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And we the elect God's child. Because we believe in Jesus. That's how you can be certain if you are part of that elect. Do not have to despair about anything that is happening in the world. We are walking with God in faith. Who is busy writing the fulfillment of world history. And God is fulfilling his promises regarding the world. But also for you. His child. He's fulfilling his purpose for you, and you will not fall from the Lord's hand. We don't know and understand everything that's about to happen and still to happen. We don't know the time and hour. We will hear that next week. But we know our Lord is coming soon, and therefore we are expecting him. How can we know this? Because he told us so. Revelation 22 verse 20, Jesus said, He who testify to these things say, Surely I am coming soon. <coughs> Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. He told us so. And he brings his reward with him. And this, then Jesus in his love once again, also in the last chapter, Revelation 22 of the Bible, but he proclaimed the gospel as he was on earth. That the message needs to be proclaimed that he's coming because there's not much time left. And that's on God's clock, not ours. Those who reject Jesus will be outside of the new Jerusalem. They won't have any fellowship with God. But those who come to him and wash their robes in his blood will have the right to the tree of life. They will enter the city by its gates. But outside are the dogs and the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehoods. There should be no confusion. Jesus is the Son of Man, the Son of David. And he will give the new Jerusalem has become the Son of Man. He is the only way of salvation. Only way. He controls the time, the history and the future of the world. And nothing will hinder his return. What should we do? Act differently than the world. When the stars fall from heaven, the world will flee. They will be afraid and all terror. But we who are expecting our Lord will not be afraid. Because we were expecting him. 
We will wait with lifted heads, welcoming our King. Are you afraid of Jesus' return? It should not be. But if you are, there is now time to repent. (coughs) From that thing that separates you from the Lord. Maybe it's something in your marriage. Maybe it's someone that you still need to forgive. Do not wait. Because our Lord is coming. When he comes... No one knows the hour. But there's an urgent warning in our Bible reading to fix what is not right. But also to know where there's a repentance, there will also be forgiveness. The Lord promised that he will come soon. And the church and the Holy Spirit call and pray for the Lord to come. The Lord promised that he will come soon, but he also wants us to pray and to long for him. To long for his return. And so the Apostle Paul encouraged us in Romans 13 verse 11. And I want to conclude with these words. Beside this, you know the time that an hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is now nearer to us than we first believed. Our prayer should always be, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father. You told us in clear words through your spirit that our Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon. That we should expect him. That we shouldn't live like the world who don't expect our Lord Jesus. But live in full anticipation that our King is coming. That we should proclaim the gospel with urgency. That we should forgive those we need to forgive. That we should fix that that need to be fixed. That we should love those, especially those that you have appointed to us and to care for. Father, we pray for Israel and Palestine. We pray that you will comfort them but also that you will bring an end to this war. But also for Israel and also the Muslims of Palestine to open their eyes, to see that Jesus is the Messiah. This is the king who they should expect. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.